They may look like your average domestic feline on the surface, but a closer look will reveal some odd features. Thick fur, short stubby ears, and a rotund body give away that this particular Himalayan cat isn't your typical tabby. But there's something else. Maybe you can't quite put your finger on it, but they seem so... expressive. Their relatable facial expressions have made them internet sensations, but there's a reason humans might look into these big yellow eyes and find them relatable. But what makes their faces so intriguing? Find out on Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a wide-eyed and expressive cat. But more on that later. Yeah, this cat has has many faces. It does. If you look at pictures of it, it's adorable. It, it really is. Sometimes it's a little intimidating, but mostly adorable. But we're talking about not just any cat. The palace's cat. Palace's cat. Unfortunately, the the guy who discovered this was named Palace, and it's his cat now. So yeah, we're actually just talking about one particular cat named Palaces, <laughs> yeah. and he's yeah he likes he likes to do faces. He's the Jim Carrey of cats. Yeah. No, we're just kidding. We're talking about an entire species of cat, uh-huh. which is also called the Manul or the Manual. M A N U L. I'm going to call it Manual because... Because <laughs> he wrote the manual on being a cat? Yeah. He he was the first cat and he's like, I got to tell our cats about this because this is great. I'm very good at this. Um, but Manual is actually the uh, Kurge's word for cat. Oh, so it's just called cat. Yeah, it's just called cat in Kyrgyzstan. Interesting. And, and also in Mongolia, it's called cat. But I guess that's like the only house catish thing... native to that area so oh it's also called the palace cat by itself not palaces cat um but i think that's just from laziness from from (laughs) simplicity's sake yeah but what we're gonna call it here is uh mr whispels and um o'malley the owl cat owl cat okay okay oh i mean I'll, i'll explain that it's not like this huge mystery but I'll explain it in a bit. So, now that we've gotten through the nicknames, let's talk about where this thing taxonomizes. Taxonomize me, Captain, says the cat. So, the kingdom, you know it, you love it, you're in it. It's kingdom Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. Class, Mammalia. You guessed it. We should all be getting good at this, (laughs) I think. Uh, The order, also, we should know, Carnivora, because I guess, like, we say car- carnivores can only be males, according to taxonomy. Um, the suborder is Feliforma, which means it looks like a cat. <laughs> it's got form of a cat. Form of cat. Uh, the family is Felid or sorry, Felidae. I spelled that. Jimmy right. Felidae. Yeah. J- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the subfamily is Felinae. With an N instead of a D. So they just decided to be real nuanced about that. Mm. And also not put in any effort whatsoever. 
the genus. Now here's a, here's a mouthful. Autocolobus. Yeah, it sounds it, it sounds like a super villain. The great emperor Autocolobus. <laughs> um, and then the species is Manuel. So Autocolobus Manuel, or Manuel. <laughs> it sounds like some like hairbrained, like infernal machine. Oh, get the autocolubus manual. <laughs> Gotta figure this thing out. I can hear it. This right. It's on, but it's not working. I don't get it. It's, it's not connecting to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> can somebody please get the autocolubus manual? <laughs> uh, do you have a quiz show for me? I, I, I do. I'm so happy you asked. Because since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for just just an amazing part of the show where i <laughs> i'm trying to think of a different one but we're gonna go with this until i earn the right to have another to, to get a different one um so for this is the part of the show where i carlos ask you joe question and the question is the same every time and that is what is the name of the collective noun for this animal it's time for critter groups and i'll ask you the question mm-hmm so it's a cat, so we're going to go with cats. Yeah, I don't know if these um, guys are usually found in groups. Uh, no, we'll get into that later. But if you did see a group of them, I don't know, like in a bag. So you, so you could let the cat out of the bag. Um, then what would you call it? Would you say that's a, a tapestry of cats? Is it B, a yowl of cats? Is it C, a scramble of cats? Or is it D, a pounce of cats? Um, yeah, well, I'm going with that. Final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. I I was hoping that would trip you up. The answer is D, pounce. Oh, okay. I, I, so because the, answer, because the answer was pounce, I was like, I need to pick another, at least one more thing that a cat does. Yeah, well, uh, I was actually leaning towards also um, <clears throat> scramble. Because if you're, yeah. if there's ever a like a, a group of cats and you walk in, there's definitely some scrambling going on. Yeah, there's gonna <laughs> they're gonna scramble out of there like like uh, cockroaches. I, and I was hoping like, tapestry might might uh, nope, throw you off. Not even a little like no enticing. <laughs> uh, darn it! <laughs> it's okay. I gotta, I gotta work. Gotta work on my creativity. I keep like looking around my room for things to call it. Let's talk about where it lives uh, in, in the our world. Hearts. Oh no! Well, both of those things are true, uh, but it really lives in Central Asia, uh, and specifically at really high elevations. So it's it's mainly found on the Tibetan Plateau, which is sixteen thousand feet above sea level, and very very cold. But it's also found in Iran, Afghanistan, Mongolia, and let's let's go through the stands: Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Pakistan. Um, it's also found in India, Nepal, and uh, like I said, Tibetan China. The specific uh, biosphere or whatever that it lives in um, is called they're called steppes. S T E P P E S, and they're flat tre- highlands. Yeah, they're, they're treeless grasslands without any rivers nearby. Oh, specifically, they're usually found pretty high up, but I don't think that's a requirement. I think the Great Plains count as steps. 
Interesting. So, now that we know where it lives, what does it look like? Well, for the most part, these guys are slightly larger than normal house cats. They're about the same size, shape, and probably freak out if you place a cucumber behind them in secret. It would it would definitely be an abnormal house cat if you saw one inside someone's house. Oh, for sure. You'd be like... <laughs> What's wrong with that like, one? This is my cat, Mr. Whispels. What is wrong with your cat? Why has it been stung by a hundred bees? Why is it so big? <laughs> or why is it it's so a, fluffy? It's yeah, it's it's a chubster. I mean, at least it's fluffy and makes it look like a chubster. Um, it has it has a round face and hair markings that make it look like it has a Santa beard. <laughs> it has a beard and like lots of hair around the ears that are like coming out. It, lo- it definitely looks like a mad scientist. It looks like this cat is to other cats as an owl is to other birds, I think. Oh, is that why? Yeah, yeah. It's the O'Malley the owl cat. <laughs> so, because there's, there's a picture I found on the internet of this cat sitting in, like, I think it was in a cage, in like a, a zoo or something. And um, it was up in a tree and it was looking down. And I was like, that that's a cat owl for sure. It just it has such like a wide round face and a flat face too. It's it, it looks like it's uh it's it's cute but also ready to pounce. As the group name suggests. Yes, the <laughs> it's a pounce. Well, it looks um, like a grumpy dust bunny. It's cute in that way. Yeah, like a <laughs> dust bunny. Like from um oh, the big comfy couch. Yes, it's those guys. But those were like actual rabbit looking things yeah they actually turn those into bunnies um but so the o'malley's fur is a mix of gray and kind of like a light brownish rust uh it has black spots on its head and and black stripes on its cheeks and it's like i said has a santa beard so its beard is white this is a it is a intriguing looking animal for sure it is slightly nor- larger than the normal house cat, but does its fur just make it look bigger, or is it actually bigger? Let's figure that out in a segment I like to call Measure Up. Welcome to Measure Up, the leading candidate for the best part of the show, a title to be officially determined by you on December 3rd on Twitter and Facebook. This is the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also the part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself singing, saying, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We have no new intros this no, week. Oh, no. So that means I get to play an animal sound, and Carlos will guess what it is. I'm telling you, people are doing this on purpose. They have brilliant measure ups to send in, but they're like, I want to hear more disgusting animal sounds. <laughs> well, without fur- let, let's find out if this one's disgusting. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is that enough to go on? Yes, dolphin, final answer. It's got to be a dolphin or some sort of cetacean. I usually do. I usually give you like... When we first started this, I gave you multiple choice, and then we didn't oh, do that. Oh, did you? Would you like oh, that? Oh, should we do? Should we do that again? <laughs> do you? Would, would you like some multiple choice? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's so much easier than guessing out of the blue. Okay. 
can you imagine if I did critter groups where I just asked you what, like, okay, what's the name of a bunch of cats? <laughs> Make it up. Well, those those are just nonsense words half the time. So, is it A a dolphin, B an otter, C a lemur, or D a beetle? Oh, you it would be a beetle. Oh, okay, I'm going with beetle. I think that's it. D beetle. Final answer. Yes, sir. The correct answer is a ring-tailed lemur. Ah, oh. I knew that dark horse candidate would get you. Because oh, last time it was a really weird sound and it turned out to be like a grasshopper or something. It was like a that. gecko. Oh yeah, yeah, some something that doesn't ever make sounds. But this is a, a ring-tailed lemur. It definitely sound and it's the background sounded like there was water, so it sounded like you were listening to uh, a dolphin underwater. <laughs> Uh, there's a video of it that you can click on uh, a link to uh, on ldtaxonomy.com on the page for this episode. Uh, but, th- but let's get into uh, body length. They are 46 to 65 centimeters uh, or eight, in, in American, please. 18 to 26 inches. There we go. Let's call it 26 inches because that's a fun. I like going with the large numbers. That uh, is a fun. How many palaces cats go into the height or the highest altitude uh, in Kojir National Park in Iran, which is part of the palaces cats range? The highest elevation there? Yes. Well, the Tibetan Plateau is 16,000 feet above sea level, but that's that's a really high place. So you might have to tone it down a couple thousand feet. Um well, you're not going to interrupt me with a hint or something? Would you like a hint? No, I mean, well, here's a hint. The park has a number of unique specimens of flora, uh, including the uh, Persian pistachio tree and the wild almond. That sounds delicious. A wild almond or just the whole... whole kind of both. The whole park full of nuts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pistachios are so good, though. Yeah, pistachios are good. Pistachio ice cream. Uh, pistachio ice cream is the best kind of flavor I never get. Just because I, I always I like, I've never had it. gravitate towards chocolate or something. Pistachio just, coffee is also good. It just doesn't sound like something I would ever want to make ice cream out of. It's salty and delicious, but not ice cream. But it's not salty if you don't put salt on it. Yeah, I guess. But that's the best part. That's the best part of peanuts. <laughs> you just like part. salt. It's <laughs> the best part of cashews. Um, all right. I'm going to say... Man, I, have, I know next to nothing about Iran except for the name of its capital. Which is? And I def- Tehran. <laughs> <laughs> or I think I, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation. It's T-E-H-R-A-N. Uh, let's go with eleven thousand feet. I know that's way wrong, but let's let's go with it. Um, so divide eleven thousand think... by twenty six inches. Right, right, yeah. So twenty twenty six inches is a two feet and it's change. Two feet and two feet and change, yeah. Um, which means about twenty twenty to compensate. We'll say that twenty six hundred of these go into a mile. Why am I doing miles? I'm I'm already at feet, so we're just gonna do six thousand uh, palace cat palaces cat body lengths go into the max height 
of that one nutty park in Iran. <laughs> Your math was kind of close, but the correct answer is 3,323 cats. Oh, so it's only like 6,000 feet high? Yeah, the altitude is 7,200 feet. Yeah, 7,200. Yeah. But oh. not not a bad attempt. Let's see if you get the weight. They're about They're a little heftier and chonkier than a typical house cat. They can be between 2.5 to 4.5 kilograms or 5.5 to 9.9 pounds. They couldn't, the, the scientists that weighed it couldn't give it that extra, you know, decimal, right? Yeah, they put it on, they put it on the scale. And said 9.9. He's 9. like, this is not a 10 pound cat. They can never be 10 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but let's <laughs> they go with. Can, they can never be 10 pounds. <laughs> well, speaking of this cat, let's. <laughs> Let's go with nine point nine pounds, even. Uh, the world record for the most garlic cloves eaten in one sitting was achieved by Deepak Sharma Bajagain. Oh man, that's that, that can't be good. But you, you nailed it. Deepak is pretty close. In two thousand nine, in Kathmandu, how many Kathmandu? It's in Nepal, and it has cat in the name. It's not Kathmandu. It's, it's Kathmandu, but everyone says yes, Kathmandu. So, uh, do they? They don't. Well, how how do I know what a th sound is in another language? That's true. Okay, you got me there. Uh, how many <laughs> <laughs> units of total weight of garlic that he ate go into the palace's cat? Man, I feel like eating a lot of garlic would be really dangerous. I have a good, pretty decent hint. Uh, garlic cloves can range from 4 to 45 grams, but the average is around 16 grams per clove. Can you imagine eating one clove of garlic? Uh-huh. It's a, like it's my, a lot. I feel like my mouth would fall off. I I have done that before, like because they you have yeah not on purpose. Like garlic cloves can look like other things in dishes. Like a full clove, though, or just one piece of one. A clove is like a small thing in the center of a garlic. I thought it was the full like no pod thing. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Sixteen grams is a like a is a typical one. Although I feel like that's a l- little bit large, but ten to sixteen grams. I'm gonna say this guy ate two pounds worth of garlic. Oh my gosh, he's <laughs> how did he live? <laughs> So that's that's gonna be um, what four and a half? Yep, four and a half. Four and four and a half um, uh, of the um, uh, four and a half of the amount of garlic that was eaten by this guy, poor poor man, Deepak. Um, and uh, go go into the weight of a palace palace's cat. The correct answer is seven. He ate thirty four cloves, which is like a little over one pound. Did I do math like really wrong just now? Maybe. It's a nine a- nine pound cat. Oh oh wait no never mind we're good. It's yeah you we were yeah we're good never mind. You had a lot of variables there. It was go I was going <laughs> by sixteen grams. I- you're going by cloves. You're going by grams, and I was going by pounds. The only time I'm right on is when the answer is one. Or yeah, where it's small. It's small. Not it's small numbers. Small potatoes. Like we considered it a victory when you got in the in the right like um, septillions yeah. for the for like a teaspoon's worth of a neutron star. 
ridiculous. <laughs> Astronomical. <laughs> Do you have any fast facts? Yes. Yes. Let's talk about their behavior for a second. Um, so they lead Let's, solitary I lives. I feel like we're in a parent-teacher conference with this cat. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I called you here so that we can talk about this cat's behavior. <laughs> he, he's very solitary and he spends most of his time in caves, which really makes an impact on his ability to participate with the class. <laughs> you got to go to class palaces, cat. You just spend all day in the caves. <laughs> But yeah, he spends time in caves and burrows, um, and he heads out to hunt in the evening. Um, so Amali eats small mammals and birds, including marmots, gerbils, voles, partridges, and our very own taxonomy titan, the pika. <gasps> but different kind of pika. We did the Alaskan collared pika, and this is a pika that lives in Central Asia. So we're good. That, that one doesn't matter. And so they're, they're not very fast. Not pikas. Pikas are fast. Uh, but... O'Malley is not very fast, so he usually needs to ambush his prey using his grayish coat as camouflage. He's because too... everything is gray and bleak where he lives for some reason. Should go somewhere else. He's too chonky to catch things that are quick. Unless <laughs> this, he sneaks up on them. <laughs> this cat looks like a chubby, a overgrown chubby kitten. It is mostly fur. It's He's got thick fur. He's not actually yeah. all, it's not actually all fat. But still... He is chonky, as you say. Uh, so, uh, Palace's cats have relatively large litters of kittens for cats in the wild. Um, so, they'll have sometimes up to six kittens in a litter. And uh, biologists believe this is order in order to compensate for the harsh environment that leads to high rates of infant mortality. Because, again, they live in a bleak and cold and treeless environment. They should just go down to the the rainforest or something like that. Well, they like it where they are. Yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, so I have two fast facts before we get into the major fact. Um, they're often mistaken for marmots and are shot uh, instead of those delightful little uh, giant squirrels. Uh, or they're trapped in wolf and fox traps. So they are on the near-threatened list. And uh, but they're also purposely um, uh, trapped for their pelts, and um, and it's actually it's illegal to to hunt them in everywhere except for Mongolia. And the second fast fact is that they can live for up to eleven years in captivity, which is surprisingly a, sh- a surprisingly short life for a cat. Cats house cats can live to be like twenty five years old. So, uh-huh. uh, That's because they get years, their shots. That's true, that's true. No, <laughs> one, no one's going up onto the Tibetan steps to give these these chubsters their shots. <laughs> let's, let's, let it, let, unless it's a shot of beef fat, right? Right, Palace's cat? Am <laughs> <laughs> I right? But that's all I got. All righty. Let's get into the major fact. Um, the Palace's cat has a pair of eyes that are different from your cat at home. Instead of the characteristic slitted pupils, their pupils are round, kind of like ours. So these large round eyes may be what people find so interesting about them. Uh, And they're like funny facial expressions, which are all over the internet, uh, might be uh, 
because of their like we find them relatable because they they have very relatable eyes. Uh, and <laughs> I've seen that like people sometimes mistake them for like primates because of their like when they look at look them in the eye i don't know what like what situation this is but i think they must be thinking of just pictures if you look up like a picture of their eyes close up maybe you think it's a primate um looks like a cat like a yeah. re- it really looks like a cat but <laughs> nothing like a primate but even like other cats have round eyes and we'll talk about that why do these cats deviate from the ocular norm Uh, Pupils come in a variety of shapes in the animal kingdom. Goats have square pupils. Crocodiles have, like, jagged vertical slits. And cuttlefish have wavy pupils. In all of these cases... Yeah, they are. And then there's there's other species with squares and wavies and different things. In all of these cases, the pupil functions just to allow light to enter the eyeball in order to help creatures see. Underwater animals most often don't have pupils that change in size because they have a mechanism further back in the eye to allow in different amounts of light to come in and out. Or to just to come in. There's no light coming out. Um, <laughs> uh, so irises can make the pupil larger and smaller depending on the amount of light around you. There is... A lot of debate as to the advantage of different pupil shapes, but one thing seems clear. It's based on lifestyle more than taxonomy. So animals all over the kingdom. So so these cats, what, drink a lot? So now they have round pupils? Drink a lot? They make poor lifestyle decisions? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Lifestyle hacks. So animals all over the kingdom have split pupils, including reptiles, cats, canines and even birds um uh and the same thing goes for round the uh, round pupils so why do cats have vertical slits by and large many of uh, the animals with slit pupils are nocturnal and crepuscular that means they're most active at night or they're most active during dawn and dusk uh they're mostly predators which means they end up hunting in the light of dusk to the dark of night. So extremely variable light conditions need extremely variable eyes. One theory is that that slit vision allows pupils to expand larger and shrink smaller than round pupils. So basically you're good to go in the daylight at during dawn and dusk and you're good to go in the middle of the night because your pupils can shrink and, and grow uh, to extremes. However, weirdos like the tarsier, which are tiny primates, show that round pupils can shrink and grow to extremes, just like slit pupils. Is that the one that has the the pupils that are the same size as its iris? Like they could just grow. Yeah, to yeah, huge? it's like huge, but then they can be like a pinpoint. That's uh, great. Yeah, that's crazy. Plus, uh, tarsiers are the only completely carnivorous primates. They they eat lizards and bugs and stuff, and they don't eat fruits and leaves and and vegetables like other every other primate. Um, so they fit in the slit pupil lifestyle, according to these other animals. Another possibility is that the way slit eyes allow light to come in is 
they can see color in low light better than round pupils. So predators mm. often rely on color to contrast prey with environment. So they need color even in, even when they're like looking at things in low light. But if that's the case, why doesn't the tarsier or the palace cat need no, need low light color? The tarsier has something that slit pupil animals don't have, and that is an arboreal lifestyle. Most slit pupil animals are small or low to the ground. Uh, house cats and foxes have slits, and they're ground hunters. Crocodiles hunt by peering over the surface of the water to the bank, uh, like to to the banks of rivers. So they're like, there's a lot of vertical surface vision there. But then I know what you're thinking. You're you're thinking to yourself, but you said a bird has slit vision, and you're correct. But it's you guess exactly what I was thinking. Were you actually thinking that? Yeah. Uh, but it's a specific type of bird, uh, which is skimmers, skimmers that fly along coastlines and waterways, picking fish off the surface of water. So they're flying low and they're flying, their vision and hunting style is based on seeing things like very close to them on the ground, on ground level. I was just imagining just how freaky it would be to see a bird with slit eye, slit pupils. It's kind of hard to see because it's like all dark. Their eyes are all dark, but you can if oh. you if you really look closely, you can see it, and it is kind of creepy. Um, so it just makes you look so alien. It it does, yeah. It that's why that's why we relate to the palaces. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's my thesis. That <laughs> was I, the, in the in the intro. I mentioned that that we we relate to this animal for some reason, and that's that's why. I think. So we're relating a relatable animal in relatable terms. Uh-huh, exactly. So tarsiers hop from tree to tree collecting bugs and lizards. So they need to see far and it turns out that slit eyes aren't great for long vision. So cats with round pupils including cheetahs and leopards hunt by finding prey that's far off and either sneaking up or running them down like cheetahs do, so they need to be able to see far. Palace cats are the same size as house cats, though, but they hunt on mountains and rocky terrain. So they're sometimes high up or they're sometimes above their prey before they like when they spot it for the first time. Uh, But they they end up getting low to the ground and creeping up using stealth. But they spend all their time hunting during the day. They're mostly diurnal cats. So that's. That's that's one thing that's pretty interesting is like why does this cat have different eyes than all the other cats? Well, they all, all the other cats are nocturnal and this one isn't. Um all that to say yeah, that, that is weird. I mean, it, it, it's just I funny. I guess cheetahs are diurnal. Oh, that's true. And they have round round pupils. Yeah, that'll Leopards do it. too. That'll do pig. Leopard, leopards and um jaguars also hunt during but those the day. are th- those are nocturnal cats for sure. But they also will hunt during the day. Like uh Leopards or jaguars hunting crocodiles and stuff. Yeah, they're opportunists. But all that to say that the palace's cat's unique environment and lifestyle has given us a unique little predator with an adorable face, and it's just a joy to Google. Just Google image search this cat. Yeah, I ended up wasting about 10 minutes just going all the way to the bottom of the Google image search. (laughs) And some of them have, like, cobalt blue eyes, and it's just... they're. They're just beautiful. Really, I didn't. I didn't see that. They're all just yellow to me uh, that I saw. 
That's why it was crazy. It may have been Photoshop, but the caption said like, oh, we got a litter of uh, cobalt blue palace cats. I mean, the eyes were, not the cats. That would have been crazy. I love blue things. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like it's interesting that like we're still not 100% sure why these different animals have different pupil shapes. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, I saw that the palace cat is under um, more intensive research by uh, some university in Russia for its behavior and stuff like that. Interesting. So, it's an interesting maybe, little cat. Maybe we'll be able to have a uh, a follow up on the palace cat later on, or at least a follow up about pupils. Is that it? Yeah. Is, is that all you got? That's all, all I right. got. Right. That was the palace's cat. So, for you out there in Podcastia, use your camouflage, ambush your prey, and climb every mountain like the palace's cat here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners, it's election time. The time of the year where you get to let your voice be heard through the power of voting. You get a say on the issues that really matter. Like the part of your most beloved animal podcast that's considered the listener's favorite part of the show. On December 3rd, polls will open on Facebook and Twitter where you can find us under the name LD Taxonomy. Vote for Measure Up, or Critter Groups, and if you want, leave us a comment explaining your choice. Thanks for listening and engaging in the democratic process. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. Just yawn. <laughs> yeah, I did yawn. <laughs>